Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Well, it's happening, folks. The Miz is turning babyface and is going against Gunther. I am Luke Owen, D-A-D. I am joined by the Professor, the Truth, your gem, that champion, and The Miz number one stan, Dan Layton. Yes, yes. Well, I'd like it to be known. I thought I was being cute coming in and like, Halloween adjacent, like I'm Halloween bounding. I've got a little. <laughs> Sorry, the, the hair was getting in my mouth for a second. Then. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> What's cute, Dan, is that earlier in the thing you said, "Oh, I could never wear a Halloween costume because I'd always feel like I'm the only one who's wearing one. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to yeah. Bridget Jones myself." <laughs> well, we were talking. So I'm, I've got my little Freddy Krueger esque jumper on, and that's about as much. And a paint of my nails a vague shade of purple. There's actually more red when I look at it. So like, it's quite maroonish. I was trying. I was going to try and do little pumpkins, but then the orange I bought turned out was just glitter. <laughs> so there's not a lot I could do. I but then we were time. we were talking about Kane at the Undertaker's retirement showing up in the only one in gear, and I was like, that's why I don't go to fancy dress parties because like I don't want to be the only one dressed but in. You're a not going to be the only one to go to a Halloween party dressed well, up, are you? In Bridget Jones, they 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 had a they had a Tarzan Vickers party, and then she showed up in full Playboy bunny gear, and it had been cancelled. No one told her, and she was the only one dressed in, okay. in costume. I don't. That's think my that, permanent fear. I don't think that's going to happen if you're invited to a Halloween party. No one's going to cancel the Halloween party. Keep it on Halloween. Picture the scene, Dan. We've decided to just have a an elegant Halloween dinner party. Why have you come dressed as? Uh, the Joker nurse. I would say I need new friends. Okay, right, that's <laughs> fair. who is organising a Halloween dinner? So you come as Sideshow Bob? Yes, of yeah. course. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Wrestle Podcast review of Monday Night Raw. I was trying to keep this one to an hour. I've got to give nah. back the trick or treaters, mate. Nah, mate. Uh, please do press the subscribe button. Give us a little thumbs up. Leave a comment down below with what you thought of this episode of Raw and Babyface Me. Yeah, boy. And if you're watching live, please head on over to our live chat. Interact with regular hundreds of people watching this stream live and get your thoughts uh, out there and if you want your thoughts read out on the air it is wrestle.com forward slash support we'll read out all of them above the five us dollar amount so do you want to play a game let's get into it and advertised for this show 
was Ms. TV mm-hmm. with Gunther as the special guest referee, uh, with the, as the special guest <laughs> for, for yeah. a Ms. TV segment. And I'd seen someone had said, ah, oh, there's a report going around mm-hmm. that the Miz is scheduled for a baby face run. The doors I've opened. And he's going to up against Gunther. And I read that and went, bollocks. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not a cat in hell's yeah. chances that happening. And it turns out that that report, whoever it was from, was absolutely bang on the banana because this segment was designed to put sympathy on The Miz, make you feel sorry for The Miz, make The Miz feel like an actual credible big deal, and build up a match between Miz and Gunther for the IC title, which I think was hugely undermined with the following segment with Adam Pearce. But we'll get into that in, in a little bit. Because what happened here is that Miz TV came, sorry, Miz came out for Miz TV, and he said, "And here comes Gunther," and Gunther doesn't show. Yeah, no salt. So he's like, "Oh, I'll right, well, try this one more time. You're you're new here. This is how it works. I introduce you, and you come down, ladies and gentlemen, Gunther." And Gunther doesn't come down. Instead, his cronies of Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci come down. Instead, they do some bad comedy, and then. Gunther comes down and I'm like oh it's on now because he's the best and he's awesome and he's rad and he looks like a champion he carries himself like a champion and he's a genuinely brilliant threat and he gets in the ring and he's like Miz you are everything that is wrong with WWE and wrestling you are a joke you are a clown you are not on my level and I really do not respect you and the Miz fired back with his usual I'm a Grand Slam champion two time I'm I I really don't think he should use the I main event of WrestleMania when it is sort of like quite universally thought to be the worst WrestleMania main events of uh, you know it's only in the top five worst WrestleMania main events ever among the people who list things yes that's, so, that's true yeah, yeah so I, I don't think we should be sort of listing that as one of his big accolades mm. but he also tried and he also tried to make the claim I made the IC title relevant absolutely didn't but he had a lot of passion and fire in his his promo and stuff and it was like a full-on baby face promo and in the end, Imperium just beat him up. Beat him up, and he tried to fight back, but they beat him up and sent him packing. And he left like an embarrassed child. And that's how, they, music, yeah. that, that's how they were putting this over. Gunther embarrassed The Miz. This first bout Hall of Famer, or whatever the term they tried to use. First is. ballot. First ballot, whatever it is. And he's really trying to like, put over this, like, this is a big baby face turn for The Miz. And they announced later in the show that he's going to be part of a fatal four-way next week. It's him, Ricochet, Bronson Reed, and Ivar of the Viking Rangers, mm-hmm. the winner of which will get a shot at Gunther. And it sort of seems to be this is a setup for The Miz versus Gunther, right? Mm-hmm. Well, tell me that bit with Adam Pearce. So then... That you think was undermined. Well, because then that Miz went backstage and just did his usual Miz heel right. shtick with Adam Pearce, where he's just like, I'm the A-lister, and I'm the first Baron Hall of Famer, and I read like WrestleMania, and the other, but it didn't have the babyface passion behind it. It was just, I'm the Miz doing a Miz TV segment. That's what I thought you were going to say, and that's why I'm finding this segment particularly interesting to talk about, is because there was, there was that flavor everywhere, right? Which was that he came out, to the ring for Miz TV and he's doing the massive balls bit like he's referencing I've got massive balls I am the most musty he's not really changed his character that much and that's something that we praised Drew McIntyre's turn massively for we, we were talking about it in a couple of other different places as well um, that kind of slow burn thing the kind of idea of you're not changing the character oh, I mean it's the uh, people are going to like their pitchforks and be really angry but MJF didn't change his character he just you know, tweaked it enough. Mm-hmm. He t- turned the dial ever so slightly that way, and it worked. Um, the promo itself 
could have gone either way. It could have been read as babyface. It could have been not. I, I imagine if it was not reported that it was going to be this babyface turn, would we be talking about it in these terms? I still think so. Do you still? The segment's designed to put sympathy on him, right. which is a babyface thing yeah. to do. Like it, that's, it was, that's true. It, it, was Gunther, it was Gunther bullying mm. the Miz. And the way the commentary was talking about, he is he's embarrassed like, and they mentioned it as the, the 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 show was sponsored by the challenge or whatever that show yeah. is i think it's on tv but um the 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 stat which michael cole stumbled over in one of his many issues last night um was uh that miz is a two-time grand slam, grand slam champion so they were putting him over in that regard and, and the idea that he won the wwe title a decade apart still still at that level whatever um you know a lot of this is with heavy asterisks. Like that, even, yeah. even as a Miz fan, like I'm, I'm happy to acknowledge that the Miz's entire career is sort of filled with asterisks, yeah. which is just like, yes, you did win those titles, and yes, you did do those things, but they don't quite mean the level that you put them at now. Mm. However, I think that I mean, I've always said that I think Miz is good. I think, I think you know, I, I've turned into a little bit of a meme, the idea that the Miz is like one of the, the best of all time. Um, and we all have a little bit of fun. But I do think the Miz is a very good professional wrestler. I think he's good at his job. I think I think that he's he's got talent. I think he's very uh, committed. I think that he's he's a safe pair of hands. He's someone who's... And, and for some people, that is a negative. You know, that's, that's, that's me damning with faint praise. I don't mean it in that way. I respect the Miz. I like the Miz a lot. I think his work on the mic, especially, is is super committed. I think he's able to do all of those things and play with all of the colours that he he plays with. I know for a fact it doesn't work for you. This is this is why it's hilarious that we've arrived at the point where you just just decided to not comment on Miz sections and we've chosen it as the lead story. Well, yeah, I mean, it was it's the most watched thing on the YouTube channel. It's, this segment, I think. I've also seen, I, I've just seen Tempest quote tweet it. Someone this morning had put a tweet being like, Miz could bust out these moves more often if he wanted to and it's a collection of moves you know it was that amazing match he had with Rick ricochet yeah, i think that's a parody tweet yes because there was a tweet put out about mjf yeah about how mjf we talked about this on the collision review yesterday has always been able to do the moves that he's now doing as a baby face yeah. he just didn't do them as a heel so this was a parody of that tweet showing them is doing basic moves quite poorly right i however do feel that he has some good stuff like that match with ricochet was great right mm. and i think the thing he did he did try and make the intercontinental championship in 2016 feel big time like he was he he talked about it like it was whether or not they booked it like it was is a different conversation mm -hmm. i think but the fact is this is why i have a lot of respect for the miz this is why i have a lot of time for the miz because i think he is willing to do everything in his power to, to really commit and turn lead into gold and do what he can do. Uh, uh, does he always succeed? No. You know, again. It's not always his fault. It's not always his it's fault. It's actually very rarely his fault. So I'm, with all that said, with all of that, whether or not he does turn turn babyface, I think it's an uphill struggle to turn Miz into a babyface because he's such a natural um, S-eating heel. I was trying to, mm -hmm. I'll be yeah, soon yeah. enough in the show for me to swear, yeah. Um, but I think, so yeah, it would be an uphill struggle. That said, again, do I think he'll commit wholeheartedly to whatever they decide to try and do with this turn, if indeed it is that? Yes. And if he's going to go up against Gunther, do I think we are staring in the face of the very real possibility that The Miz could end up having a five-star match before the end of the year? Yes, I think we do. Because I think we've seen Gunther is able to elevate anybody you put in the ring with him. Does Gunther have a five-star match with a broom? Exactly. So Gunther having a five-star match with a really solid worker, like, 
I don't think you should argue that Miz is a solid worker. Absolutely not. Could we be looking at that? So, yeah. You mentioned the, the the whole meme on this show. Yeah. Been like you sort of um, uh, said that is one of the greatest of all time. Mm. Other. It's, it's kind of been the same way that the meme has become that I hate the Miz. Right. Like, and it, and I've never said I hate the Miz. No, like, it's, no, it's, it's a lot of things. People are like I've got a bit of a, a hate boner for the Miz and this and the other. Like, <laughs> that's a horrible but, phrase. I know. But like the the truth is, which and I've said this a lot on this show. So apologies for sound like a broken record. And apologies if you've watched the rest of these because I'm going to repeat some of what I said on there as well. I think the Miz is good. I think the Miz is, is a good wrestler. He is a solid two and a half star, three star wrestler. He is exactly what you want as a mid card comedy heel because he's very good at the comedy. He's very good at controlling the crowd. He's very good at getting people to boo him. He's very good at like he's a good puppeteer of crowds to be mm, like to get them to the chant things at him. He's very very good at that. He is exactly what you would want in a mid card WWE heel. There is a reason that the Miz Card Vortex exists. Yeah, absolutely. There's a, there's a reason why. Sorry, I keep on to move my hair out. Yeah, a little bit to mention of you there. Is that that sorry, it's because it's, it's, it's getting in my teeth and stuff. Yeah. Um, it, you know, he is, he's been there for 20 odd years and he's been doing the same thing for 20 odd years and it's still over these 20 odd years later. That is a huge plus point. Mm. And the, what I quite like about this is it's the perfect dichotomy because over here you've got purely standard wwe mid-card comedy heel mm. who's got one shtick and he does it very very well and he's got one three-star match that he does over and over again every now and again he turns that dial up and he'll bust out a little three and three quarters four-star match and everyone's like oh looks at the business i just working boots on tonight but he can just he can go out there and have a three-star match with his eyes closed yeah gunther is the total opposite of that gunther goes out there and has a four and a half star match with his eyes closed mm -hmm. because he's just the best and he is always serious the miss is a comedy character that no one really takes seriously gunther is a wrestler that everyone takes seriously he's the ultimate final boss he feels like the most credible champion at this point not only do i feel like he's a more credible champion than seth rollins which i think is quite an easy uh, uh thing to get over he feels like more of a credible champion than roman reigns does at the moment oh yeah I agree and that's only because roman's not on tv mm -hmm. roman's defended the belt like three times this year we'll have a conversation about that later but like gunther feels like a bigger champion than roman does because because Romans doesn't defend the title that much and isn't around, the title doesn't have as much TV time in it. But Gunther does, and Gunther is defending on TV, and Gunther is showing up, and he is making it feel like this big world-level title. So that's the great dichotomy of this. You've got the one guy who is always serious, the one guy who wrestling is a religion, the mat is sacred, and the other guy who talks about his ball size. <laughs> And there's a really good dichotomy to have there. Yeah. And I think the only disconnect that comes with this from me, and it is always my disconnect with them is, and I appreciate that this is a personal issue. I'm not saying that I am right. I'm just saying this is always going to be my personal issue with this, is I can't take the Miz seriously, but the Miz tries to do serious promos and tries to be serious Miz. And I, know, and I always think it never lands. Mm. Because even in this segment he was doing, bad comedy right well the thing the thing i think the reason that is a fair assessment is is that he will do whatever he's asked absolutely like he's, absolutely yeah he's committed so mm -hmm. if they present him well, you're going to do a show about tiny balls now you're going to do a whole promo with tiny balls that's your character that's your character and i'm going to give you a t-shirt that says hi i have massive balls yeah and and he was like oh i'll get that over and he did mm -hmm. is the thing when you commit to everything 
you are going to have that weird dichotomy. There's a reason we still talk about the Miz's promo on Daniel Bryan on Talking Smack. Even though it was seven years ago. <laughs> because it was great. Mm -hmm. And because it was a surprise. And because it, it was real in a bunch of ways. It was staged and worked in another. Like Daniel Bryan has spoken about, although you can't believe anything Daniel Bryan says, he loves to lie. <laughs> he said that himself. You can't even believe that because he said that. Uh, um... Daniel Bryan very much said I that it was supposed to end with me punching the Miz, mm. but he was being so good that I left him to it so that he could keep his heat. Yeah. That's how good the Miz is. What's interesting when you were giving me that whole conversation just there, what I find so fascinating about that, and we've spoken about uh in the past, and I sort of a little bit felt it here. I don't know if it was just me. Gunther's not the best at delivering a certain type of snarky heel promo absolutely he stood on the table a few weeks back a few months back even cutting a promo on chad gable that you said this isn't what i want from something it was sort of like you are a smelly yeah something like city. oh and yes I, and i was like oh no 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 this is not what gunther is that's the opposite of the miz so you almost have this 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 mm -hmm. complete complete circle with the two of them yeah um and i'm just so intrigued by this as a prospect and as a miz fan i think if they did allow miz to commit to serious underdog do you know what i'm gonna fight for myself here baby face there's a very real possibility that he could even have you sway towards the yeah i want to see i want to see i don't want to see you dethrone gunther even i'm not saying i want to see him dethrone gunther nine nine time champion is not as interesting as building someone off the back of it's, it's the undertaker streak of brock lesnar you know yeah, yeah um i do however want to get to the point where you want this to go so well for them is oh i mean I do you see what i mean well this i said this on the, the the my edited review which is that the last two times we've tried baby face turns for the miz it's ended in disaster when were they so we did one in 2012 2013 when he became rick flair's protege and he I was using the figure it. four like that was his first big baby and he won the ic title in one of yeah those. this is kind of my big thing with the miz yeah you mentioned he's an eight-time champion Eight un eight forgettable runs. Right. With with one really good match against Dolph Ziggler in 2016. That 2016, 2017? Oh, yes, that 2016 argument is a magic argument. It's such a great uh, and I think a great microcosm of the, the Miz uh, defense, which is that 2016 period is not a year. It was a four week span. Right. Between the talking smack thing and the Dolph Ziggler match. Mm -hmm. It's like four weeks between those things happening. But people ask, oh man, 2016, he had that run. It's like, no, he had a great few weeks great, yeah but those few weeks were so good he's really good at it he's really really good at that so yeah he had the, the run when he was rick flair's protege and he was using the figure four mm -hmm. he's he, that's when he got rid of the faux hawk oh yeah and he went to the side parting and stuff like that and then the other one was during the shane mcmahon feud with Miz dad oh yeah yeah oh and like, yeah and like that was it was insanely silly and also like they had a rope break in a cage match yeah and it was all this like very bad stuff Ms. dad was very silly i love i ironically love their wrestlemania match because it's crap 35 yeah it's absolutely crap but it's hilariously crap and i really enjoy it for how hilariously crap it is mm. so i but i don't think that no one ever looks at the Miz and be like you're my next top baby face guy yeah no. when he won the title in 2021 we had a lot of people, me and Ollie were doing the review of the time, a lot of people were messaging up like, this is it, this is the start when we're going to main event level Miz, we're going to take him seriously. And me and Ollie were like, no, 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 he is just here so we can lose to this, like to Bobby Lashley, like a comedy goof, because he is a comedy goof. Mm. Lo and behold, he lost it like a comedy goof, because he's a comedy goof. Mm. I am never going to take Miz seriously. Yeah. I would, though, be quite interested in watching 
Miz going up against Gunther as a almost this bitter veteran that is I'm still I'm not changing much about my character but I'm going into this it's kind of why I liked this segment a lot of just like because it wasn't it was Miz doing his bad comedy and then getting bullied by by an actual proper wrestler and the only reason I didn't like the Adam Pearce segment is because he was doing the mischief which I'm not a fan of right so like and that's why I sort of think it undermines some of the the drama of it all but we haven't had a babyface run with the Miz under the Triple H regime and like a lot of things in WWE i'm gonna i'm wanting to see what that is what does that look like what does a ms baby face run look like under a triple h regime this is what i'm saying like and i and it's not to say that triple h is always perfect because we have had under the triple h regime the dex luma story with the Miz. well yes but that was it that was him being a heel right i know so, uh, yeah yeah so what i'm saying is that like he doesn't always get it right oh triple God, h. No, 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 no. um so you know it, that's not to say that inherently this time it's gonna click but it is a more interesting prospect and it is this thing of given the right uh, consistency, given the right leeway to play, to find the right lane, and given the right opponent. And how do you get more right than Gunther? Absolutely, because he's perfect. This could be fascinating. Yeah, I think there could be some really interesting things here. I imagine that a lot of people will have listened to this and will have completely misinterpreted everything I said, and will just tell me in the comments that I hate them. It is also objectively hilarious for you to say numerous times, I can't take them as seriously while dressed like Chucky. Like, I <laughs> love that. <laughs> When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Um, Matt Hennessy is going to kick things off in our uh, alpha chats. Please do get them into restaurant.com forward slash support. We'll read out all of them above the five US dollar amount. Matt is going to kick things off. He said, I thought this was a really good go home show. Hyped up the pay-per-view while also did a good job highlighting the IC division and the tag division. I like the Miz. I think he's better than he's given credit for. The work he did with the IC from 2016 to 2018 during those four title runs was great. God, I don't remember any of them. I remember the one run in 2016. Mm. Uh, he did make the IC title matter. The story of him wanting the title that reinvigorated his career makes sense. But I've no interest in a babyface run. I just think he's a better heel. When Miz is near the end of his wrestling, then I turn him babyface. Now let's talk about some other things on Raw. Tag Team Wrestling matters to Triple H. And from July of last year up until WrestleMania 39, it got a lot of love and care into it. Then you know what, uh, who was back in creative and six months ripping up the scripts, dropping storylines every week. Thank God Endeavor kicked him out. Um, I thought the two tag matches did a great job of highlighting all four teams and getting the creed brothers and diy over with the fans the video packages did a good job of getting them over during the diy versus imperium match there were diy and johnny wrestling chants which made me happy the smile gargano and champa had on their faces when the chant started made me happy for both of them but the drew video package and the seth promo both had valid points and you can see both sides from each guy's point uh, i think what i like about drew's slow heel turn is that he's becoming a heel but he's going to be a tragic villain while there are aspects of the judgment day versus baby face that i do like such as jay's redemption story and Sami Zayn's seed being planted of him going against going for the world heavyweight championship as well as priest being insecure with real leading the group i want to get to some uh, survivor series already ss jd yes. <laughs> you know it happens uh cat here says miz and gunther are kind of similar to me both are given too much praise for being at best average wrestlers whoa 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 with the spice did I misread did I mishear that? Did I misread that? I might even have to read that one more time. Please. Miss and Gunther are kind of similar to me. Both are given too much praise for being, at best, average wrestlers. Well, it is important to commit to your take. I guess so. It? If anything, these two wrestlers are made for each other. I don't know what WWE's obsession with Babyface Miz is, but third time's the charm, I guess. I'm going to push back and say that in a 20-year career, a third time trying to push a Babyface Miz is not an obsession. <laughs> like, I don't think that's what an obsession looks like. I don't know, but it is like, you know... Stop trying to make Fetch happen is not because she said it three times over the course of a seven-hour series. Yeah, every 10 years, just be like, yeah, should we give that a go? Should we go? Why not? Yeah. Uh, Will Campbell said, Miz agenda full steam ahead. Yes. So the Alpha Academy Creed Brothers match absolutely ruled. And I'm glad Brutus and Julius, who've been absolutely excellent for a while now, were able to shine against a very good tag team featuring one of the best wrestlers in WWE. Yes, this was an interesting show for me. <laughs> Bacon Rash has said, hi lads, new gift confirmed. Dan hates The Miz. I like The Miz's fight. It was an okay segment, but why did DIY's first proper entrance on Raw have an ad break? Hope you'll have a great time at the Crown Jewel watch along. Still annoyed that I'm going to miss it. P.S. Luke, you look great. Thank you very much. There you go. Uh, Kuzu here said, A lot of people compare Miz and MJF a lot, but I feel the difference is that the comedy with the latter is rarely at his expense like it is with The Miz. People laugh with MJF, but laugh at The Miz. I have said this on this podcast for the last three, four years now. I have never understood the comparison of Miz and MJF other than they are heels that cut promos. Heels that cut promos, they're quite obnoxiously loud. There's, there's the idea of, of... There's a lot of heels that are obnoxiously loud. There's there's an element to them where they both sort of have an arrogance that is is was unearned. I, I see it, 
it's a it is though a stretch it's i think it's such a reach mm. like to say oh because yeah there's quite a lot of arrogant heels mm. la knight was an arrogant heel but no one was saying like oh man what a what an mjf knockoff yeah I, i've, I've I never quite understood it um although i did very much enjoy uh cm punk calling him a um so a mid mjf <laughs> helps which is very good and terence collins says just spending five dollars to say that gunther turned into a big ass bully uh but i both love to hate this i would i also love the miz his promo skills are still great and yovai padilla here says i don't prefer mrs baby face turn but it would be interesting to see him slowly lose his heelish persona by hanging out with diy similar to mjf and cole i'm intrigued by the feud if you build up the longest reigning champ versus the record of the most ic title wins yeah you don't want to remove uh, any bite from the miz you don't want him to just be a bland run-of-the-mill baby face which is what happened in that first baby face yeah run, is they just removed every single thing that made the miz an interesting character that yeah. sort of led him into that money in the bank win and led him to that world title win. because if you go back to the real world like if you watch any clips from miz on the real world the mtv reality show he was in back in the early noughties he's not a million miles away from the miz the character like yeah. he's he's just kind of abrasive he, it is who he, he is he's an obnoxious douchebag yeah like he's in that woodstock 99 documentary right because he went to woodstock 99 <laughs> like a lot of obnoxious douchebags <laughs> did because like a lot of people were really attracted like you watch that documentary it's like oh man that is full of obnoxious douchebags yeah and now the miz is there front and center of you like there you go poster child but he really i really cares he really cares about it yeah and i and i think that's what has made him last Let's get into the rest of this show. If you want to get your uh, thoughts in, please do go to wrestle.com forward slash support. We'll read out all of them above the five US dollar amount. Just saw a chat there that said, Miz has layers. I disagree. Rhea flanked by Dominic and JDM. I've now, written JDM too. As I've now updated my notes too. But then second later, I get it wrong again. I put JD. Uh, so they opened the show. It's your usual Judgment Day promo. We run Monday Night Raw. Here are the matches that we're currently having. I'm doing this. And then, because it's Groundhog Day, Sami Zayn came out to interrupt Sami Zayn. A very, very fired up Sami Zayn. Yeah. I actually wrote in my notes, Sami Zayn cuts a promo with fire that does not befit this feud. It woke me up. Yeah, it like, really did, because I was there being like, oh, really, really, I'm right, knackered right. this weekend. Oh, Sami yeah. Zayn entrance, yeah, I get it. And then Sami Zayn gets the promo, I was like, all right, Sammy. Like, yeah. I think we, I don't think we actually needed that level of fire, but I'm very glad you brought it because yeah. this is why you are one of the most over baby face this company has. And this made me feel like, well, okay, we're we're getting ready to we, we are uh, opening the garage door to put the keys in the ignition to take the car off the driveway to get onto the road to WrestleMania. That's <laughs> where you know I mean. That's where we are. <laughs> I am so like Matt Hennessy said in his chat. I am so ready for Survivor Series. Mm. I'm so ready for these lots to just have a Survivor Series Get match, it out of the way. a War Games match, and be done with it, and we can move on. Hey, maybe long-term storytelling isn't worth it. Take you know? well, okay. There's I'm a, just a joke. I know because I, I I say this a lot about WWE, but there's a difference between long-term <laughs> storytelling and a story that takes a long, long time, time to tell. tell. And this is just a story that's taken a long time yeah. to tell. And it hasn't basically really told much of a story. I mean, it's, it's pretty much invasion, isn't it? You know, like they decided, oh, we'll end this at Survivor Series. And then we're like, oh, Smeg, we've got three pay-per-views before right. we get to invasion. Mm. What are we going to do? <sighs> same thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We just <laughs> say the last month. Yeah, more of that, I guess. More of the same. Turn him heel? Yeah. Yeah, if you want. <laughs> Should we move him over to the Alliance? 
probably yeah, yeah. i mean if, if you want to i guess that'll that'll fill some time like kind of where we are at the moment and i'm, I'm ready for us to get to survivor series particularly as well because they had two tag matches on this show that were here to be like hey the tag division mm-hmm. once we get past survivor series i feel like the judgment day can focus on the tag division yeah and we can have some tag team stuff and i think that's quite exciting i completely forgot that they were tag team champions <laughs> When we were doing I, the predictions, I was like, oh, wait, that's a wrinkle in my story that I've written for myself. I only remembered they were the tag team champions on this show because mm. Jay said, hey, me and Cody might go after the tag belts again. I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, yeah, Sammy came out, got a very, very good promo. Um, so Michael Cole said, Sammy Zayn has been a long time thorn in the side of the Judgment Day. And I was like, I'll say. Um, Did you see Jamie on his face plan? When they had a little fight. No. I mean, I, I, I didn't know if you were going to talk about the fight bit just yet. But, uh, so you, well, they got into a fight. They got into a fight. And uh, JD Madonna was thrown over the top rope. And he did the perfect Takamishinoku Royal Rumble no, 2000. No. He was taking like shots all over his face because yeah. he got the stomp later on. He had yeah. the two crossroads that he took like a champ on the, uh, the main event. Well, I suppose it is much wider than the average face. So <laughs> it's able to take a lot more impact. It's actually really difficult for him not to take it. I'm sorry. <laughs> But yeah, and then Ricochet ran down, sort of to even up the odds, but also because his match was next. Yes. Uh, it was him versus Dominic Mysterio. Rhea and JDM caused distractions, and Dominic got a win with the feet on the ropes. Ricochet act like a spoilt child afterwards. Uh, Dominic Mysterio got You Can't Wrestle chance briefly during this uh, match, which is really funny because the kid is getting better and better. I, I really enjoyed the match itself. I thought they had good, good chemistry. Um, and I think, he's, I think he's in good shape at the moment. He's, I, I went back and looked at his his gear always used to just sort of go to the one side and it always made it yeah. harder to take him seriously his his look is more cohesive he's got in better shape he's um it's the high, high key the most i've enjoyed a ricochet match in a, a long while um there was like there was a, a great bit where he dominic just ran into a super kick so mm. that it made the super kick look really vicious there was a northern lights into a deadlift vertical that i know he does a lot ricochet and it all just looked clean i thought they did a really really good job i liked this match a lot yeah it was really really good and yeah, uh, Dominic got the win. Ricochet um, acted like a sport child. Mm. Complained to Adam Pierce about it, and Adam Pierce—that's when he booked him in the Fatal Four Way for right. next week. Right. Uh, got a video promo for DIY, and then we got a video promo for Raquel Rodriguez, and we got these video promos for all five of the women in the Fatal Five Way match. It was a promo-heavy show this week. There were ten video promos yeah. uh, hyping twelve wrestlers, mm. and. Though, you know, granted, a lot of that is because there's five women to hype yeah. in a fatal five-way match, four of which were not on the show. And this was the go-home. It's so. the go-home show. I actually, I think it's a pretty good way yeah. of hyping up the, the match. And I think it gave everyone some mic time. It gave everyone some personality. I love video promos like this because you get to use archival footage of them being great. It's a way of showing the audience rather than telling the audience why you're great. It's heck more effective than just standing them in the ring with live mics. Absolutely it is. So I, I, I really like the fact that we got a lot of these throughout the night. And I like that we got them for DIY. I like yeah. that we got them for the Creed Brothers. I like that we got them for Candice and uh, Zia Lee, which we'll get to in a little bit. But we mm. are kicking things off with Alpha Academy versus the Creed Brothers. Creed Brothers who answered Alpha Academy's open challenge over the weekend on Twitter. And uh, as reported by Dave Meltzer, this is the official call-up for mm. Julius Creed, Brutus Creed, and Ivy Nile, who accompanied them to the ring. They pushed these guys hard. We got a video package, and then throughout the match, they were reading off stats and reading and, and, and treating them like big, big-time prospects. So Dave said on Wrestling Observer Radio today that when Julius first came into NXT, early doors, he was being told by people working there, 
this company is high on Julius Creed and see him as a future WrestleMania main eventer. Right. And I think of the two, he's he's the Sean of the group, if you want to use that as a as a, as a broad term. It's a, it's a bit of a cliche, but it's, yeah. it is a cliche term to use. But he, it, I think you, he is probably going to be looked at the Sean of the group. And actually, in this match, you can certainly see why because like he's he's awesome. Oh my god, he's so great. I mean, I mean he just got in and did wrestling yeah. with Chad Gable and it was just like him and Chad was like should we just go out there and just do some wrestling yeah and they're like yeah and they just did and it was fantastic I mean we spoke about this last night on uh on yesterday on collision when we were talking about the um the MGF Kenny match where it's like everyone has their type of wrestling that they're like it feels like the good lord sent this for me I was like the second that this was confirmed, uh, you know, I, I like NXT as it is. I've been very keen on this. There's, a, there's a if, if you weren't aware of who these people were, just find the clip of him doing the. He had someone else in a submission and did a single arm power bomb at the same time. It was amazing, um, and I was a little bit trepidatious that it wasn't going to live up to my personal hype. And the crowd were quiet because these are brand new people who they've never met before. And even though Michael Cole telling me how, how I should be watching them, the crowd don't hear that. And then, um, you literally heard the crowd come to life. Yeah. As Julius lifted Chad into a vertical suplex from a squat and then tagged Brutus in and passed Chad over. And you're like, Oh, I haven't seen this. Then Otis comes in and starts plowing through their double clotheslines and through their double elbows. And the crowd are, are picking back up again. Before you know it, everyone is into this because we 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 start not only do we start with some brilliant wrestling, it starts here as all good wrestling should, and then builds and builds and builds and gets to the point where we get a four fifty breaking up the pin followed by a moonsault on a pile of four of them, which was just amazing. And then immediately afterwards, we got a Maxine moment. We how we've been talking about we were missing saying, Maxine. We, we were saying we need one of our Maxine moments. Well, hey, guess what? We've got a we've got a six way back because Ivy Nile's here, and so Maxine and Ivy Nile are having a face off, and Chizawa goes in to, to get this, but Ivy Nile takes him out. Oh, I was like, I was on the edge of my seat. I was having such a good time. And then they got the win. They won. Yeah, absolutely. They got a perfectly clean win. They hit the Brutus Ball and got the win. A fantastic match to establish the Creed Brothers as a genuine act on this roster. And they really showed up here. There's like, I think the the, the stuff between Brutus and Otis oh, early yeah. doors was like quite stilted and they, they, were quite, they weren't quite on the same page. There was a lot of like, uh, and, oh, and a bit of miscommunication, but... They picked it up mm. and they really found their feet. And now by the end of this match, they, like you said, they whipped the crowd into a frenzy because Otis is so over and Chad is so over. And that is some heat transference of we like you and now we like them as well. It's Bubba Ray Dudley. I was doing some research on May Young and Bubba Ray Dudley in a quote was like, you know, you, you, you don't just get over. You need someone to get you over. And May Young got the Dudley boys over. Mm. It's that thing. It's like you need a good dance partner to use the partners that I shouldn't because I'm not a wrestler. Um, also using otis for the person to do the brutus ball on to, to establish Absolutely. this is a brilliant it's choice such a good because he's the big dude yeah so all of a sudden julius just puts this guy on his shoulders and lifts up and stays there for a yeah. while while the crowd are on the feet it's the bronson reed thing yeah when bronson reed was getting the tsunami over and every time he goes up you see people like getting yeah. out of their seats you saw people getting out of their seats with like almost julius rising up with otis on his shoulders for bruce to do the brutus ball that's such a good point with the visual because i was watching back an eddie guerrero match from 2003 recently and something i miss like in a big way is 
camera flashes during moments mm-hmm. where someone's like when an eddie would die for a frog, frog splash or whether it be a giant superplex it literally makes it look magical i feel sorry for kids who don't get to experience the camera flashes all at once i wish we could go back to the olden days because the 90s were better the rock's entrance the, oh, the rock's entrance yeah, it was all oh, it was glittering he'd be stood there and you've got the spotlights going and then all the people taking so that you've got the picture of the rock standing up it literally looks like magic right the equivalent of that now is seeing people stand up because they want to be stood up to see this moment happen. I thought this was an excellent, excellent debut, and it's what NXT is for. Yeah. And now that we've got trip, we've got Vince McMahon who hated and never watched NXT out of the way, in theory. Um, and we've got Triple H and Shawn Michaels with this beautiful little osmosis thing they've got going on at the moment, cooking. The children are eating, and daddy's daddy's eating well. And I really, really like this. I thought it like. Putting them against Alpha Academy is the first perfect opponent yes. for them. Yes. And again, it's a lot of those building blocks to rebuild that tag division and make tag wrestling feel like it means something, which hasn't really since WrestleMania. Because, huh? you know, Owens and Zayn won the tag belts, but then just feuded with the Usos again, then just feuded with the Judgment Day, then lost them to the Judgment mm. Day, then the Judgment Day lost them to Cody and Jay, and then they lost them back to the Judgment Day. Like the tag belts have just been props since WrestleMania. Yeah. And adornments adorn- exactly and i i think we can get back to the point where those tag belts mean something again agreed this was great finn and priest were hanging out backstage and then the new day came in dressed as the new judgment day uh which didn't outstay its welcome and i kind of was like Haha. and then that was it and i was quite happy yeah they did they did their <laughs> comedy and they left yeah uh, and then the rest of the Judgment Day walked in to stand in a row, and they basically teased the idea that Damien Priest is going to cash in this weekend. There was a really good tease. Moment. He said it. Well, yeah, but <laughs> I mean, of like, if you tune into the paper yeah. this weekend, you'll see a cash in. So someone picked up on this. I didn't notice this at the time, and I've seen someone like clip it out afterwards. When they all decide to be back on the same page, because Priest is like, "Why are you going out there and making matches for me?" Because in the opening segment, Rhea Ripley made Sami Zayn versus Priest for the main mm. event. She's like, look, there's no leader of the Judgment Day. We're all on the same team. And they all sort of put their fists in and stuff. Damien Priest just drops everything and is just staring at all of them, but staring particularly daggers at Rhea Ripley. But when Rhea Ripley turns around to him, he goes, <laughs> nice. And sort of does the pretense that he's actually happy in this group, but he's I not. Didn't spot that. Which fuels the Cody promo that we get later cool. on. Um, yeah. Uh, Nia Jax got a video package and she likes squash. And then we had the Miz <laughs> segment and it led into our other tag team match of the evening DIY versus Imperium with Cole claiming this is DIY's Raw debut. But we know that that's a lie because they had a. When Raw was in bad ratings and Vince panicked. Oh, he just picked up Alistair Black and. He just went to Triple H and he said, Give me four of your NXT guys. And he gave him Alistair Black, Ricochet, and DIY, even though DIY were currently feuding and breaking up did you give them as diy as diy and they had a tag match on raw well there you go yeah and that was so (sighs) this is not their their their, uh their di their raw debut Mm. well it's a retcon in it let's just pretend that never happened yeah but they won with me in the middle a very fun match they keep teasing the breakup of imperium i wish they wouldn't yeah me too (laughs) me too we're rebuilding this tag team division don't break up a tag team now because you know who actually is from germany ludwig kaiser yeah but it was a very, very good match. Uh, and I'm, it's great to see DIY get the run. Mm-hmm. Big time. Shinsuke Nakamura cut a promo looking for his next sacrifice and wants them to show themselves. CM Punk WWE return confirmed. Well, this was it. I saw someone and I was like, God, this you are stretching. So I hope you're doing yoga because 
the stretches you need to do to make this happen. This one, it was, I saw someone say there was a line in it where he said, like, be a lion or something like that. And that's a lyric in the song. That's not a reference. Every, like, Sean has made this point on the, the Fightful Post shows for, for Raw. CM Punk has done so many promos over the years that you can yeah. string together anything you really it's want to It's twisting the here. facts to meet your theory rather exactly, than, yeah. yeah. However, like, we're clearly building to something with Shinsuke. Mm. I don't know what that is. And if Shinsuke just says, I'll have an open challenge at Survivor Series, that is going to lead to a lot of people thinking that it's uh, that it's a punk uh, return or it's a Randy Orton I hear return. voices. I yeah. hear voices will hit. We did. I think that would be a disappointment is the thing. If they tease it and tease it and tease it. Do you remember how last year, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. This time last year, we were talking about the women's war games match. And it was in Boston, and you could have a big hometown return for Sasha Banks. And it was never going to happen. But a lot of people were talking about it could do, but, 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 like, but you know, whatever. So they gave us Becky Lynch early mm-hmm. to make sure that we weren't disappointed on the night. It's one of those, I think. It, people are getting carried away. Yeah, I'm sorry, it's not normal. It's fine. You look, you look wonderful, darling. It's also because I've just suddenly realized that there's um, stars on my costume that were put there by my friend's four-year-old because she was giving me stars for being such a good patient. <laughs> she was putting, she was putting uh, plasters on my hand because I was bleeding oh, no. a lot and it was really stingy. And then because I was such a brave boy, she was giving me little stars. Were you really? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> she, was, she was four years old. She was just telling you she, that it hurt Exactly, yeah. She was telling me, it's like, you, I pretend this hurts a lot. Just this really weird. hurts a lot. I don't. It's my worst night of the year. And she gave me stars because I was such a brave boy. I moved into the tower to escape children as well. Um... But yeah, I don't know. It'd be, it would be, it, it's it's interesting where it's going. Shinsuke's a weird first feud for Punk back. I'd rather Punk return in the, unless you get both, you get Randy come back against Shinsuke and then Punk return in the war games. Yeah. That's what I'd do. Also, do you remember when Punk was on commentary? I'm sort of at the point where I feel like we're more likely to see Punk make a, re- a return to WWE in a commentary fashion than in a wrestling fashion. Mm-hmm. At some point, and in like 15 yeah. years. All I'm going with is by what the reports are currently, which is, E.T.'s not happening. Right. So, I don't know. I'll believe it when I see I'll it. Be- I will believe it when I see it. We will see it Survivor Series. is basically going to be... Actually, we'll probably see like the two weeks leading up to Survivor Series if those sorts of talks have changed. But we will see. Mm. Video promo for Candice LeRae. Uh, Dan will be pleased to know there was no mentions of fairies this time around. <sighs> yeah, but I can't stop thinking about it. Uh, and then we had Candice LeRae versus Zia Lee. Michael Cole accidentally called Candice LeRae Candice Michelle. He's having such a mare. Yeah. Oh my god! Uh, they basically this match ended via ref stoppage when Zia Lee hit a spin kick on Candice LeRae, and they did like a uh, concussion angle. This plays off a real concussion that Zia Lee gave Mercedes Martinez in NXT. I didn't know that. With the same referee as everything, so they played it up like it was the exact same thing. It was the same know. move, and like Mercedes went down like sack of spuds referee sort of like had to call it off camera when it focused on Zia Lee. this time they're very much playing more of an angle because the camera was focused on Candice LeRae I went back and looked at it again because I was like I, I don't think it looked like that bad and it wasn't it, obviously it was an angle I didn't realize it was making a specific reference um I wrote as Zaya was coming to the ring that presentation is everything and so I think they need to look at their music and entrances for her they a, could look at their entrances for a lot of people yeah i agree completely <laughs> but, but specifically related to this match um there was something about all of the you know which i i assume is as wade was referencing related to martial arts but it just didn't it felt awkward because the music was quiet and the crowd were quiet the crowd and, were quiet and because it, they, because in many ways this was another debut 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely. She's not on TV a lot. Yeah. So it's like going to see a stand-up show where, or like a, a variety show or something, where someone's going on stage and doing some dance moves or like you know showing off, but the crowd aren't that interested or that bothered. Mm. And so you're just watching it in silence and you're seeing like the yeah of the floorboards. Yeah. That's kind of what you got here. It's the polar opposite of the Creed Brothers debut for me, yeah. which is that it just it, if some of us are seeing Zaya for the first time, and I assume many really are because not a lot of people are watching main event, um, it it doesn't make her look impressive. It just felt uncomfortable. There was something really uncomfortable about the whole thing. Like I didn't enjoy it. I didn't feel like, wow, she really knocked her out with that kick. If you wanted to make that kick look impressive, kick her and have a pinner, you know? I, I wrote, I'll see if it goes somewhere just in case they wanted to do something with Candice's character with this, but I do not think this was a successful segment in any way. I think the Becky Lynch segments makes this even worse, Yeah, which we'll get to in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Sammy and Jay hung out backstage with Jackie interviewing Jay, and that's where he said that him and Cody might go for the tag belts again. Mm-hmm. You know, got to get to Survivor Series somehow. Shayna Baszler got a video promo, and then we got a backstage segment with the trainers, the party girls, and DIY looking after Candice not michelle <laughs> then we got one of my favorite things on the show yeah and outside of like as a non-wrestling thing this was my favorite thing on the show the creed brothers is like the best thing on the show yeah, by leaps and bounds. this for me is like a really close second and it's the best non-wrestling in-ring thing it was drew Pro- drew mcintyre's promo video this video promo was fantastic and really it's not covering any new grounds It's not covering any ground that hasn't been covered in any of the promos that he's cut previously. I won the Royal Rumble in front of fans. Then I won the title in front of no fans. Then I went to Clash of the Castle and I got screwed out by the bloodline. Diddly dee. It's all covering the same topics. But with the archive Mm. and with like interviews from him that were taken at the time from that WrestleMania during the pandemic makes this feel so much more of a complete segment and a complete story. And it really added so much to this. And he has some great lines in this as well. It's about, you know, I'm never going to forgive the bloodline. I know a lot of people are, but I'm never going to forgive them because they took away my moment in front of my nation's men and women. One of our own. One like, of, we were one all of, there together. Yeah. Also, also, Wales and Scotland have that Celtic thing where they hate exactly, us. Exactly, yeah. So, like... It's like Seth is willing to break his back to defend this title. I'm willing to break his back to take it. Mm. It's going to be his... Like Seth was my first title defense in 2020. I'm going to be his last in 2023. So it's really good lines in there. But man, the archive and stuff in here just like levels this promo up. I thought this was fantastic. Well, there's something about having the mic in your hand in front of people that can be absolute magic if you are someone like The Rock, if you are someone like LA Knight. Like that segment with LA Knight and Roman Reigns on SmackDown, I thought was absolutely exquisite. So good. Um, but sometimes it can be far more effective if you do it in a different way like the i always go back to it sorry it's a refrain at this point but it's drew and sheamus in the gym before wrestlemania when they kind of were doing a workout together and then it turned into them cutting promos on each other and it felt real and it was like make that part of your weekly show not every single week but do something different with it and this was a really effective example of it so effective mind that (laughs) it's even now at this point where i feel like the world heavyweight championship isn't good enough for drew (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, I was like, this story, I have a lot of respect for Drew McIntyre as a wrestler and as a person. Um, I, I think what he did in the pandemic was an unthankable task and un- unthankable, unthinkable, un- whatever the phrase is. It was difficult. Um, I don't want to see him get a make good title. I want to see him get the big one, right? But yeah. that brings us back to the whole conversation, the whole other time. 
arguably it could make the belt feel better like mm-hmm. you know because it makes it something because he sees it as a prize that would make good for for that um it was a really effective segment yeah i thought it was so good that rollins's return promo that he then cut in the ring was a good promo yep it's all about boohoo crimey river we all had a difficult time drew it wasn't easy for all of us drew i have a real disagreement with seth's promo here uh good promo good delivery but my conceit for you is that is that like it's all relative like someone else's struggle doesn't invalidate yours like it's not a points-based system everything's relative that's why i didn't really love this as a promo yeah like it's not a good rebuttal to be boohoo you had a bad time during the pandemic it's like yeah well a lot of us did it's not to say that like because you didn't like you didn't suffer enough like it's it's and and it's not that drew sitting there saying like my struggle or or winning the belt and in front of no one and then having to do this and nobody really got me invalidates all the people who lost loved ones or didn't get to see loved ones or any of that that was not the point drew was making and so there's something about seth ribble that just felt wrong um I, well i was also i got off on the wrong foot with this promo as well because he comes out for this promo and michael cole says can seth rollins keep up this breakneck pace he's keeping up as champion and then said while at the same time saying this is his first singles match on tv in four months thank, thank you very much it's his first match on raw since august this was supposed to be the workhorse world this title. is not a breakneck pace that he's working this is not orange cassidy with yeah. the international title this is this is a guy who's barely this is roman reigns yeah this is a guy well, who is barely wrestling on tv is only wrestling on pay-per-views this is not a workhorse belt we'll come back to it when we get to becky in, a, in literally the next segment absolutely exactly like absolutely exactly you know Which is, so it doesn't help his case you're trying to put over oh he's this he's really breaking his back to do this it's like i don't see him doing it I've it's, seen him have yeah. two matches in two months and then that's that's why i sit there and i go maybe that's why this belt doesn't matter to me yeah because you've only wrestled honestly, yeah. four times in a month or whatever. Yeah. Like four times in four months. I don't know how whatever it was. But um, the match itself was fine. Yeah, he had a match with JD McDonough. And it was fine. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the post-match angle, that's where he said, don't waste that thing on me. Which, you know, was fun. Like, I like the idea that he's, yeah. he's not intimidated. He's squaring up to it. It's like, you cash that in on me, you will lose. Rather than being afraid of it or whatever. Like, that was kind of cool. Um, yeah, I just didn't like his promo. And I didn't like the way they were framing it. I am... Um... There was a comment on the the rest talk news uh, thing that really did make me chuckle, which is that they they made the argument that I I have to not like Seth Rollins because I'm British, and therefore because I'm British I have to love Will Osprey. <laughs> <laughs> what was I saying about theory and facts? Like, I mean that's a reach. It's one of those ones you read and you're like. Read that again. Just get my words wrong. So, so, so just make sure that I'm, I'm, I am understanding. And by this. the way, I like Seth Rollins. I don't like this character. That's it. I don't I, like. I, the, I don't like the framing of the character, and I don't think he works as. It's so weird thinking to because we're coming up to like sort of an anniversary or so of me being involved in the podcast in, in whatever way, shape, or form, and and it was about a year ago that he started being vaguely good guy again, and it was like, oh, it's not working as well for me. It's. I look. This feels a lot like his Universal Championship run after that part. Brock. Yeah, and it was like, eh, actually, you're quite lame. Mm. And it was like, you know, that person who had the sign, Seth Rollins, is lame. He's always better as a chaser. He is a bit better as a chaser, mm. and he's much better as a heel as well. Oh, oh he's incredible as a heel. Yeah, and I, but I, I don't think I'm not putting a lot of the blame of this on Seth because nope. it is on the commentary. It's of the like presentation of him and this character. He's another miss. He'll always commit. 
Oh, well, that's it. He will always commit, and he really, he is. I'm going to say he's trying his best to make the feel, and he probably is trying his best yeah. to make the belt feel special. But if you defend it twice in two months, it's the booking, and you're not, and you're not resting on TV either, then it doesn't really feel like it is much of anything. And if you know, like, that he's got a bad back and he can't rest as much, maybe put the belt on someone else when you're trying to get the belt over. So this is where we had Ricochet arguing with Adam Pearce, and where Adam Pearce put him into the match instead. And then Chelsea Green and Piper Niven walked up as the Hart Foundation. Piper Niven as Jim the Anvil Nyhart was fantastic. Spectacular. She looked amazing. Chelsea Green looked fantastic. She'd crimped her hair to be like Brett. It was less Brett. It was more Cher, but I liked it nonetheless. (laughs) Oh, man. And if I could turn back time. I I thought this was so great. And then Valhalla and Ivar walked up, and that's how Ivar got put into the IC title match as Mm. well. So I'm really looking for that. But I really enjoyed Chelsea and Piper. Oh, so good. And and then Adam Pearce has decided that that is official is not getting over. So now I need a drink. It's his new catchphrase. catchphrase. I guess that's the t-shirt I'm waiting for. Uh, they announced uh, they announced Sammy versus Judgment no Judgment JD McDonough <laughs> Judgment oh, I just said JD <laughs> they announced Sammy versus JD for the kickoff show yeah um, kickoff show matches are back uh, good yeah gives us something to go. talk about instead of just watching for when Booker T says Shucky Ducky Quack Quack I mean it I, it gives us a good chance to get through a lot of our ultra chats early there it is and then I looked so this was a segment of two halves this this first half was awesome. The second half was cack. Interesting. The first half of this was Jackie interviewing Becky Lynch. And Becky talks about losing the NXT title. And she puts over Lyra Valkyria like a million dollars. She makes Lyra Valkyria seem absolutely fantastic. Because she's like, look, do I feel great without the belt? No. But if I'm going to lose someone, I'm glad I lost it to someone who's good as her. Put her over massively. Put the title over massively. And then she puts over how important that belt was and how hard she worked with that belt. She had more title defenses in 42 days than Rhea Ripley has had all year. I've had more titles defenses in 42 days than Roman Reigns has had. She had more title defenses than Seth Rollins. She didn't mention that one, though. Mm. But she was putting over that. And she was like, I don't need the belt. The belt needs me. This was a fantastic promo that really made Becky Lynch the man. She is awesome and she is the best. And it's a great little slow build to that WrestleMania match when we do Becky versus Rhea. And I cannot wait for that match. And then? And then Zia Lee walked in. And Zia Lee said, I didn't get my chance at the NXT Women's Championship. And Becky said, well, you had a chance and you opted not to take it. But you can have a match with me if you'd like. And Zia Lee said, oh, I'll have a match when I decide. What does this mean? Yeah, it was very, very stupid. Absolute wasn't it? nonsense. Because this makes Zaylee look like a f- idiot. <laughs> because she could have had a shot at the NXT Women's Championship, and, and she said no thanks. And I'll opted wait. not to. Yeah. Good going, you. Presentation is everything. Like they're, if they're not going to present her properly, and um, she's not going to get over. I think Zaylee's quite good. Like, but this is not the way to do it. <laughs> Absolutely um, stupid. Because, and but like, it, it is the Taylor two halves. It is the polar opposite. Because everything you said in the first half of that was dead right, and that's the part that I want to focus on. Because when when I was saying that you know Seth not defending this belt, maybe that's the reason it doesn't feel big time. Becky Lynch and the NXT Women's Championship. I wanted to see what was going to happen with that belt every single week. And I know that I know that everything's on a scale and I recognize that it's not like that belt was as big as Gunther's or was big as Roman Reigns or whatever. Uh, But I cared. And my God, that match at No Mercy. 
And, you know, the the rating that they did on NXT Halloween Havoc Night 1, I, I was so excited to watch it and had it spoiled for me. Sorry. Uh, right. I'm so That's sorry. Right. I'll let you off this I'm time. so sorry. It's though. fine. Um, but, like, it's one of those things. Where, but but that's the point is I wanted to see it. Like, it wasn't something you could just casually put away. It was, it was something where I was like, I'm going to avoid the internet and not see it because I'm, I want to see the match. She did that in 42 days by simply defending the championship and making it seem like a prize worth fighting for and being good and putting on, you know, solid to really good to at some points, even great matches. Mm-hmm. That's all you need to do. That's all you need to do. Um, and that's why Becky's an MVP. And there's a lot of news coming up and talking about these um, uh, Endeavor deals and what they might look like. This is the first new deal negotiation cycle under Endeavor. Um, Becky Lynch has got to be a top priority for me. Yeah, so the reports are her and Drew are two deals that we know are definitely up in 2024. Mm. Neither of them have been approached yet. Yeah. Drew certainly hasn't. Which sounds like a, a potentially normal thing. Like they have, maybe they'll start the conversations later on. I don't know how it works. I was going to say, what we're, maybe we're looking at this is from a, a, the way the WWE used to do it, which was to try and sign you a year out from mm. your. Like we look, uh, Moxley said that when his contract was coming up in 2019. 19 they were approaching him from all of 2018 to be like, mm. here's a contract, resign, resign, resign. Mm. And they were doing that with talents um, throughout the, this period of time. When they were signing people to those five-year deals to stop them going to AEW, they were approaching them with a year before their deal ended so they could get those deals in place. Maybe the Endeavor way of doing it is waiting. And, There's and definitely it, something in having to wait for the deal to go through completely with the new structures in place before you can start doing that kind of thing. There's definitely something mm. in that. The other side of the coin really is that they're not being presented as people who they don't have plans for. Like Drew's in a world title match and Becky's pitching a WrestleMania title match. Like, but that also could be, you know, I, well, Becky's, I think, is a different one. Drew, I, I think, could be a case of, we saw this with Claudio. Yeah. Like before Claudio's contract was coming up and actually they got him to re-sign because I was like, we'll put you in a world title match with Roman Reigns. And they did. And then the second that was over, it was like, right, back to the mid-card. Right. We, we got what we wanted, which was you to re-sign could just be a way of like it was said with um aw and will osprey mm. it's like look how much we're giving right. you here do you want to yeah. come and sign with us like with drew like hey look we put you in this big world mm. title program look at this cool story we're doing with you you want to re-sign with us it's kind of like putting food on people's plates to get them to eat totally and it's just one of those things that when i look at it when becky starts pointing at Rhea, and i imagine becky with that championship doing what she was doing with the nxt championship which by the way made a really good argument for there to be a mid-card women's championship because there was always space for it there was always space for it on the show. I've, I've got to agree with you, though. I've got to imagine Becky is a top priority. Yeah. Drew, I don't know. Drew has already, you know, the, the reports are that he is ready to see what's on the other side of the fence. He's, you know, he's, he was, he's been creatively frustrated mm. for a little while now. You uh, need... I, I don't know whether this, you know, this most recent will have, will have changed that. You need a healthy uh, division, I think. And in the case of the men's division, they've kind of got a lot. Uh, if Drew wanted to go over and do something in AEW, it could be really good for him. If he wanted to go to TNA, um, you know, there's, again, coming down to England. Yeah, there's a and lot of opportunities. Yeah, well. the, the scene is great. Um, if WWE want to and look at NXT this week, women's wrestling was all over it. If they want to push women's wrestling, if they want these young women, especially these new talents that they're signing to get the reps in, Becky said there's not really any legends that you can get the reps in with. She kind of is that. That's why for me, she's a big priority. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Zylie thing was bad. Yeah, anyway, very bad. Uh, we had Natalia versus Chelsea Green in a trick or street fight. We didn't have um, Samantha Irvin on the show this week, so we didn't get our Chelsea Green. Mm. No, we had. Uh... Oh my gosh, what's she called? 
Bad form. Sorry. Amari. Don't remember. I don't remember what her name is. I'll fix that one day. I'm so sorry. Dari? Daria? No, that's Daria. What? <laughs> the the cartoon. Yeah, she was there. She was there. <laughs> it was Daria doing it. Oh man, Daria doing wrestling in <laughs> a misanthropic way. That'd be great. Um so yeah, Chelsea Green was cosplaying as Bret Hart with Piper as Jimmy Apple Nighthart because Natalia, she is a heart. She even came out. To, I thought it was great. That's uh, her uncle and dad, by the way. And uh, Natty cosplayed as the bunny from AEW. And um, this was the exact same match we saw on Collision. Only this one was not for a women's world championship. So yeah. this one was a bit easier to have a bit of fun to with. swallow. Yeah, to swallow. Yeah, and it was you know plunder. It yeah. was they did the, the same candy corn spots. They did the same. This the same deal you saw on Collision. They did here on Raw. And I say the same thing you saw on Collision is the same thing you saw with a Halloween match last year. Yeah. And a Halloween match the year before that. Everyone Otis had the pumpkin on his head. Yeah. Because this is what you do every Halloween. Mm -hmm. You do a Halloween plunder match. And yeah. that, this was this year's Halloween plunder match. The big spot of this, though, was there was a table with three pumpkins on it. And Chelsea Green lifts up one of the pumpkins. She then lifts up the middle pumpkin and sees the Mickey Crosses underneath it, so puts that one back. She then lifts up the other pumpkin, and then she lifts up the middle pumpkin again, and Nikki Cross is under there. And she is so scared, she's holding the pumpkin above her head, and is going, Aah! and then she's so scared that the pumpkin slips out of her hand, and it lands on her head, and she stumbles around with a pumpkin on her head. Genuinely very funny. Uh, yeah, it, it, did, um, it did have a little laugh, and also I did have a little jump scare at Nikki Cross, I'm not going to lie, it was quite creepy. Um, did you not see the first time? I'm a little worse. Uh, no, but when, the first time when she popped out, I was like, huh, oh wait, hang on, I understand, it's Nikki Cross, that's a reference to last week and this continuing, yeah. whatever. No, no, what I mean is that she'd lifted up the pumpkin. Yeah, no, no, and... that's when I jump scared. Oh, I see. Because there was something under it. Yeah. And then she, it was, I think it was supposed to be one of those, nothing there, was, was there something there? But it was enough to i'm very weak it i, I jump scare a lot of things uh, they were doing a really good job promoing this match on social media uh, in the in the few days leading up to it i was very excited chelsea green's great at social media my current favorite thing is her claiming to not be available for the match tomorrow on nxt um but uh it turned into a i'm sorry it was a bit of a show uh, it was <laughs> it was a bit of a it was a bit of a mess uh the, at one point she's going to do the big jump onto the table but the camera won't get out of the way i think misjudging yeah. the height of the jump uh, like it was odd um i didn't mind it, it, it was, I, it I didn't silly mind. Fun, no it was it was it, silly it, it was it was just a bit messy oh yeah it's messy but it's, it's kind of purposely messy in a way and like the met the finish was messy a lot of like miscommunication between chelsea and piper but chelsea gets the unprettier for the win they went for it crowd were not as into this as the collision crowd were for theirs uh i don't know what that tells you about ww and aew's audiences currently um the the build for this you mentioned on social media yeah i have seen that photo of natalia holding um <laughs> Cardona. Cardona. <laughs> from the SmackDown, uh, from the uh, what, what was it? The um, it was the invasion when they were was part of. But what do they keep saying? The... What do they keep saying when they were doing Brand it? Warfare? Brand no, Spencer? they kept saying something. They kept being like, "This is what we're doing." And I can't remember what they called it now, but they called it like a they had like a strategy that they were doing. Ah, uh, I've seen that photo hundreds of times because a lot of people posted. It was only over this weekend that I noticed that Natalia yeah. was cupping Cardona's bollocks. Yeah, yeah. I've never noticed that before. Me neither. I've always wondered, why do people keep sharing this image? Mm. And I've never noticed what the, the, the comedy of it was. And it was only on this weekend where they literally were pointing out the comedy of it that I was like, oh! That is quite funny. That is funny. Yeah. I now get why people keep sharing this thing. I'm going to look to the chat now and see if we've anyone remember. Under Siege! That was it. Under Siege. They kept storming through Raw being like, Under Siege! <laughs> it's my favourite Seagal movie. 
Uh, Rhea Ripley got the final video package, and then our main event was Damian Priest versus Sami Zayn that ended in a rubbish DQ. Yes. When Judgment Day ran down, Jey Uso ran down, and Cody Rhodes ran down, and everyone brawled, and then Cody stood tall. Jimmy Van was like, I think I've seen this this ending 18 million times, that's and I would so, say that's an understatement. I'm so done. Yeah. Yeah. And Cody Rhodes got a very good promo at the end of the show. Uh, the, the promo was great. And this yeah. is what leads us into, you'll see it in our crown jewel predictions. But uh, it was a very, very much the promo. It was a kind of two fire promos to open and close the show. Sammy mm. had one of a lot of passion. Cody had one with a lot of passion. And Cody was basically saying, you are a follower. Like You say there's no leaders in the Judgment Day, but it seems to me that you are quite clearly someone who stands in line as Rhea Ripley or Finn Balor or whatever tells you what to do. JD McDonough feels like he makes more um, choices in the Judgment Day than, than Damian Priest does. And it seemed to get in his head a little bit and so my pitch for crown jewel is that um judgment day are going to cost damien priest the match they're going to try and help but they're going to accidentally get it wrong which has happened a few times on a damien priest watch and he's gonna snap and he's gonna for once like go out on his own and say no i i'm gonna cash this in i was waiting for even back to SummerSlam, plan a no no no, plan b plan we're doing plan a we're doing plan b like there was all that damien was kind of in the right each time Arguably, it was the perfect time for him to go and cash in on Seth Rollins because Mm -hmm. Seth Rollins had just been through the ringer in a a last man standing match and barely got to the 10. But Rhea said no. This time, he's going to sack him off and cash it in. And I see him winning the belt. It would be a far more interesting thing. But that was the show. Uh, I gave it three out of five in the edited review. Yeah. It was a a very good, serviceable show with an excellent tag match that everyone should go out of their way to to watch it's um, a thumbs up for me purely for the Creed brothers yeah i mean it is a thumbs up show absolutely like 100 percent it yeah. is um but yeah that was, was a very fine little show mm. alicia taylor uh, alicia taylor alicia taylor thank you there you go um so there we go uh, our poll is now up you can vote thumbs up thumbs down thumbs in the middle if you're watching live we'll read out the results of that very shortly Blake Whitehouse in our alpha chats here says, as much as I love Drew and he does have great points, Braun Strowman also won his first world title at WrestleMania 36 in front of no fans, got fired, came back, and you don't see him on TV complaining every week. Yeah, he's injured, but that's not the point. He won the secondary belt. He did win the secondary belt, and also he didn't win the Royal Rumble. Yeah, that in one. front of fans. Yeah. Um, Arb and he wasn't the chosen one. It wasn't the journey. It wasn't all of that. That's exactly that's it, all yeah. like, that. That is all linked to it because he was the chosen one in 2009, then got fired and actually made himself such a hot prospect on the indie scenes that they brought him back. Yeah. Um, Arb1C12 here says, while slow, Raw has better written characters than SmackDown and Dynamite. The interwoven personal dynamics add moving parts that lean, lend intrigue and unpredictability to all the pay-per-view matches. Can't wait for the next chapter. My favorite show alongside Dynamite. Hmm. Mayo Painesville Dan says, hi, Luke and other Dan. Hope you're doing well on this fine Tuesday. What a week, huh? Again, no Dexter Loomis. Vinci take, keeps taking the L's and Battleground 2013 has not won the poll and WrestleTalk Extra. On the Miz, he was a good IC champ. Ivar should win, though. When was he a good IC champ? Dan? I'm, I'm assuming 2016, but it doesn't specify. Um, yes, Battleground 2013 did not win the WrestleTalk Extra poll. Halloween Havoc 97 did, and it went live today. Yeah. Me and Pete Quinnell reviewing that for a couple of hours that features a all-timer WCW moment. Main event, it's Hogan and Piper in the cage. And Hogan goes to leave the cage. He asks for the door to be open. He's going to walk out of it. And Tony Schiavone says on commentary, if Hogan leaves the cage, this match is over. And Roddy Piper pushes Hogan out of the cage and goes out with him. And Tony Schiavone goes, 
Well, they both left the cage. This match will continue. Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. It's so good. Also, this cage is a legit like 20 feet thing in the air. It is this rickety ass cage. People used to love this show. On, and like it is mad. This cage is enormous. It is a genuine sight to behold. Randy Savage scales up it like he's ironically Spider-Man. <laughs> and he leaps off the top of it to do with his axe handle. Bearing mm. in mind as well, this is not a WWE cage where it's like next to the ropes. Mm. This is there's a it's like a hell in the cell. There's a gap between the cage and the ring. He does this big old leap off the top. It's mm. spectacular. He was just coming off ankle surgery. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to test it, Why are you doing it? <laughs> Nuts. Also, it has a match between Glenn Gilberti and Jacqueline, and it's as bad as you'd imagine. El Jefe here says, Hello, Dan. Hello, Luke. El Jefe here. The Creed Brothers debut was good. I don't really know how Miz being a babyface would work, but I'm sure Dan will like it anyway. How do you feel about DIY and World's End in... How do you, th- how do you feel about DIY and World's End in the Great Long Island? I'm assuming how do you... That's so two, separate, two not DIY questions. at World's End, because that's not happening. Well, that, that's what I was thinking, yeah. yeah. DIY, I, I'm, I love them because I'm a Johnny Gargano mark. I'm a champ, champa mark. So I'm, I'm waiting to see. Yeah, yeah. I'm, it's, I'm not there with it yet. No. I'm waiting to see. I think they had a much better opportunity to do this in Cleveland. Mm. And a certain fit of a man felt the opposite, which is why we didn't get that second. Yeah. The Derby, to, uh, as for World's End, I think it will be MJF Wardlow. Mm-hmm. The Derbies of Derps here said, I feel so bad for Sammy. Genuinely the most white hot start to the year and now is just lukewarm because of this endless awful Judgment Day feud. Really hope he has a good angle going into the new year. I will disagree with some of that because he is still mega over. Oh yeah. So while the feud is cold, he still feels hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zaf FC 96 says, Luke, with all due respect, it doesn't take a genius to work out why Sammy was all pent up. He used the promo to express feelings about a certain situation taking place against innocence. Surely it's not rocket science to understand the very clear subtext. Uh, actors use given circumstances at any moment. Yovnai hmm. Pallada here says, Is WWE trying to make uh, JDM, so Judge, uh, JD McDonough, JD McDonough, the Sammy of Judgment Day? JD McDonough is doing everything for them and gets nothing in return. Uh, uh, not as successful if that's what the intent is it doesn't feel like the intent to me Drew Cruel says hi guys just saying this about the Miz real quick I was at Money in the Bank 2019 where Miz was the face and Shane won in a seal cage via sweat and that night Miz got a way louder pop than Balor, Bailey, and even Brock Lesnar I hate the Miz but he can get over love you <laughs> Roach Senpai here says can we just have one week without bloodline or judgment day interference it becomes so boring and predictable yeah there is a there is a spinning wheels uh, yeah. Our media twenty here says, "I get the Rebecca Rhea of WrestleMania forty is cool, but I'm more interested in Rhea Cargill with Rhea putting Jade over. Aside from that, would you also have Bianca versus Charlotte for the other title one on one? Yes, I would. Yeah, don't rush Jade. I think let's not get over it in our heads yeah. a little bit too quick. Let's see. Uh, There's time. James Markin says, "Why is Luke dressed as Lex Luthor in Batman v Superman? Uh, I I haven't seen it." I've seen Batman Superman. I mean, I wouldn't bother, like, but it's, yeah. uh, it's, I'm, just, I'm just surprised that you haven't seen it. Nah. Uh, and Yovne has become a member. Thank you very much, Yovne. Welcome aboard. Right, let us end the poll to what you thought of this. This is one of our lowest in a while uh, in terms of the thumbs up, thumbs down. 59% thumbs up. Yeah. What were the myths? Uh, 37. I think that's accurate, and, and that means that. Yeah. Uh, 
thumbs down is three. Like it's, yeah. the, the it's not thumbs down. I think I it's think mid is fair. Down. I think mid is fair. I think so as well. I would I would have voted mid on this, but that is our lowest thumbs up for a while. Yeah. It's so, funny. I always take the mid as the, as as thumbs up. I suppose that it's not like it's <laughs> it, mid. Still feels like positive because if I don't like something, it's down. But mid is like yeah, yeah, fine. yeah it's fine. Yeah. It was a it was a fine show. Yeah. Uh, but this was not a fine show. This was an excellent broadcast. And we're back tomorrow <laughs> with the crown jewel predictions. It's myself and Dan once again as we go head to head at this Saturday's crown jewel live event. But don't just take it from me. Take it from me. Watch WWE Crown Jewel 2023 alongside Luco and Ollie Davis, Tempest, Dan Layton from Wrestle Talk, and over 100 other wrestling fans, along with a live version of our board game series. No holds bored. We'll be raising money for charity and doing our live reactions to Crown Jewel from the venue, which means you'll have the chance to be on camera and be part of the WrestleTalk live experience. This is the best way to watch wrestling pay-per-views and tickets are available now. Get your tickets today and we will see you there to be part of moments like this. That is happening this Saturday at the Long Arm Pub and Brewery. Tickets are available in the link in the video description down below or being put into the live chat by our wonderful moderators. We will see you this Saturday. But before then, we've got the Crown Jewels uh, predictions going up tomorrow. Then we've got the Dynamite review going up on Thursday. The best of Wrestle Talk for October 2023. We're going live on Friday. And then it is SmackDown and Crown Jewel live reactions on the Saturday. And then a Crown Jewel review on the Sunday, then a collision review on the Monday, and then we're back with Roar again on Tuesday. The content never stops, and you never stop being awesome. I've been Luke Owen, DAD. That has been your soon to be ex former W. Jam that champion. Jam that jam. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.